We are on the sayings of Jesus, number seven today. And I'm ex particularly excited about this study today because uh, in the previous lessons that we've had on the sayings of Jesus, he's been talking about things that apply mainly to us. And in this session, he actually is talking about himself. Um, that's a rare thing um, as you study the Gospels to have a, a large segment of Scripture where Jesus is talking about himself, but he does that here. And uh, I'm excited because it's kind of like when you talk to a great person and you get them to talk about what their life was like in younger years. There's an excitement about finding out some of those details or a grandparent or someone like that. And so uh, today, um, we get to find out about Jesus from Jesus. He's going to be telling us about himself. The setting is this. Jesus has just healed a man that was born blind. The reference for that is, is John chapter 9. And uh, the man, because he didn't cooperate with the Pharisees and the religious leaders, He's thrown out of the synagogue, which amounted to basically being excommunicated from the Jewish community. That's quite a serious thing in a culture where the community really provides the support and the security for a person. And uh, so Jesus intersects this man after this um, unfortunate event, and he talks the man through to belief and commitment to him. And... Uh, as he's talking to this man, some Pharisees are listening. And he turns to the Pharisees and he begins to speak to them. And this is what he says. And let's read this together in John chapter 10. Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech. But the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Okay, let's pause there for a minute and talk about what we've just read. Jesus was really describing himself, although he never made that clear. He didn't say, this is about me. He just starts using the figure of speech. Um, the Pharisees didn't get it. But we get it because we know who Jesus is. And I want to go back and I want us to look at that and uh, just glean from it some of the important points that we should um, understand today. First of all, uh, maybe we could scroll back to verse 1, and we'll just uh, work our way through it again. Uh, Jesus is talking in this initial um, picture about a town or a village sheepfold. That would be a sheepfold that was maybe lar uh, fairly large in nature and in, a, in an evening could house uh, the sheep from several different shepherds. 
And so they would be kept that night in this town or city sheepfold. There would be a gatekeeper that would be um, instructed to guard the door and to let in only authorized shepherds. Um, In other words, those that were in charge of the particular flocks that were in the sheepfold and to be on guard against anybody else coming in and in any way um, harming or or stealing uh, sheep that were in the sheepfold. Um, And so um, Jesus is making the point that if someone is climbing into the pen, not coming through the door, what what um, what is your guess about what that man is up to? He's, he's a thief or a robber. And Jesus is, is uh, making a reference really to them and to people like them who have um, gained their position by force or by manipulation and not by the authority of God himself. Uh, the Pharisees, for instance, had been in power plays for positions of authority. They had worked hard at getting, um, uh, getting more positions on the Sanhedrin, the ruling body of the nation of Israel. They had worked to gain um, influence over the, the uh, chief priest position or the high priest position. And uh, so they were... Um, They were manipulating and they were using force to get to where they were. And so Jesus is using them as an example of the thieves and the robbers that were preying on the sheep. Let's go on to verse 2. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. And that's certainly true and was true of Jesus. Jesus had access to the sheep by command of the Father. The father had given the sheep to him. And so he was, his influence in the lives of people came um, at the authorization of God himself. Let's go on to verse three. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Let's talk about Um, the words in that verse for just a minute. And so um, he's an authorized, he's the authorized shepherd of the sheep and they listen to his voice. Why do they listen to his voice? It's because he knows them by name. He calls them by name. He's spent time with the sheep. And so they know his voice and they listen to his voice because he has taken the time to get to know them. It's such a beautiful picture of the way that um, God has um, known us from the very beginning. Even in the Old Testament, God is portrayed as a shepherd or the shepherd of the sheep. Uh, You might remember Psalm 23, where we, we often quote it and we say, the Lord is my shepherd. And that's that concept runs throughout the Old Testament of God being the shepherd of the sheep. So it's a, it's a natural um, transition in the New Testament for Jesus to be referred to as the shepherd of the sheep. I'd like for us to look at Psalm 139, verses 1 through 3, for just a minute. 
and we can um, gain a little understanding as to what Jesus is talking about when he, when he uh, is so well recognized by the sheep. The psalmist says about the Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. That would be so descriptive of a good shepherd. He gets to know his sheep by watching them, watching the characteristics of each sheep. And um, oftentimes giving a name to each sheep based on either physical characteristics or personality characteristics. And uh, a shepherd, a good shepherd, knew his sheep. And Jesus, being the good shepherd, knows his sheep. And he makes that point as he's talking through this uh, wonderful passage on the good shepherd. I'd like first to go on now to verse 4 of John chapter 10. And we're going to pick up where we left off. The shepherd, when he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. The interesting thing about uh, shepherding in this culture and even in the Eastern cultures today is that shepherds in those cultures led their sheep and, and even today lead their sheep. Very different from what we do in the West. In the West, the sheep are driven, usually by dogs, and that's an amazing process to watch uh, sheep herding dogs working with a flock of sheep. But in this culture, the shepherd led the sheep, and he led them with his voice. They knew his voice, and they knew that following the shepherd meant they would go to good pasture and still water. The thing that I can liken it to is this. Uh, my wife's father was a farmer, and he had beef cattle. And so uh, when I would visit, um, I would often go with him to do chores in the morning. And I remember on many occasions, particularly in the winter, going with him uh, to feed the cattle. He would take extra hay because the the grazing was not quite as good in the, in the wintertime, especially if there might have been a layer of snow on the ground. And so um, we would go out, and the cattle would recognize the pickup truck, and they would follow it wherever it went. Why did they follow the pickup truck? Because they knew that food was in the truck, and they knew that wherever that truck stopped, there would be food. The same was true of these sheep. They followed the shepherd's voice because they associated his voice with taking them to good pasture. And, and in the same way, uh, we have recognized the voice of the Lord because we have recognized in the past that he has led us to um, nourishment for our lives. He has led us to the will of God for our lives. He's led us away from danger and into safety. And so we follow him because we know his voice and we know what his voice has meant in the past. It's meant that he's leading us somewhere good. 
Let's go on to verse 5. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. This would be typically true of of, uh, sheep in an Eastern culture. And uh, in fact, I've heard stories of of, uh, sheep that were that were um, kept together in a common fold, common sheepfold from more than one shepherd. And uh, uh, an unknown person could stand in front of that sheepfold and use some of the same vocal lingo that the shepherd of one of those flocks would use, and they would not come. They wouldn't come out the door at all. But you get the right shepherd Uh, speaking those words, and they come. They recognize his voice, but they won't respond to a a stranger's voice. So beautiful imagery here about um, shepherds and our good shepherd, the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's go on to verse 7. So uh, Jesus used this figure of speech. The Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Verse 7. Therefore, Jesus said again, very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. So let's stop here. It seems like um, there's a conflict because in, in the first five verses, Jesus speaks of um, being the shepherd, but that there's an actual door on the sheepfold and there's a doorkeeper. And now it seems, he, he seems to be saying, I'm the, I'm the door or I'm the gate. And uh, he is, but he's talking about a different kind of sheepfold. He's talking about a hillside sheepfold. In other words, the flock is out away from town. They're out in the wild. And in these locations where sheep often went with their shepherds were built um, uh, sheepfolds out of rock, just out of um, rock that was available in that area. And so there were enclosures made, and there would be a small opening, enough for one sheep to be able to get through. And they would use these on nights when they were out in the wild, so to speak, out grazing away from the location of a town or a village. And in this case, uh, what would happen in an evening is the sheep would be called, and the, the last thing that would happen in the day is that the sheep would enter this sheepfold as the shepherd was watching. And as he as each sheep walked past the opening, the shepherd would have a chance to glance at the sheep and uh, notice if there was any injury or any um, particularly strong infestation of, of parasite um, insects of any kind or if there were uh, thorns or anything that were irritating the sheep. And so he could deal with those things one by one as they came through. And then as they were entered into the sheep fold um, and every, every sheep was there, he would then become the door or the gate for the sheepfold. He would lie down um, 
in the entrance, and that would be his place of rest for the night. And so any sheep wanting to leave, which uh, they learned not to want to do that, uh, he would be the door. He would prevent that. He would also prevent anything from coming in. And there are, there are uh, legends and stories about these shepherds, and they were incredibly brave men. When you th- if you were thinking of being a shepherd as being something uh, less than manly, uh, boy, think again when you're talking about these men, because um, they literally uh, defended the sheep against attacks from wild animals. They would use slingshots. They would use... Um, a club, you've heard in the Psalm 23, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. The rod was something that a shepherd could throw and um, with accuracy and strike a wild animal. And uh, so um, they, they protected the sheep and uh, the shepherd then was, was the gate. Uh, what we need to talk about for just a minute is the difference between what Jesus did for sheep and what these Pharisees had just done to the man who had been born blind. Here's a man who had had a very difficult life, been born blind and blind until the moment that Jesus met him and applied the mud to his eyes and told him to go wash in the pool of Siloam. And as he's healed and he comes back and the neighbors tell the story to the Pharisees and the Pharisees bring the man in and question him. And they realize that uh, he's told them that Jesus is the one that's healed him and they want him to somehow change his story so that Jesus doesn't come across looking so good and he won't do it. And because of his uh, lack of cooperation, they become angry with him and they throw him out of the synagogue. And Jesus is saying, you know, that's, that's the work of a thief and a robber. That's the work of an illegitimate shepherd. He says, what I do is I protect my sheep and I make it possible for them to come in and have safety and to go out and to gain nourishment. And, uh, you know, so different from what these people had done. Well, let's go on. We've got more of the story to tell, and it's, it's exciting, uh, starting in verse 11. Now Jesus leaves the imagery of the fold, and he talks about just being the shepherd and just being with the sheep and some of the um, things that are going to apply to him as the shepherd of human sheep, us, his, his sheep. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And before we go on, I'd like you just to catch that phrase, lays down his life. Notice how many times he uses that phrase in just the next few verses, okay? The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. The wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. Jesus is making an example of something that people would know just from knowing the culture of sheep herding and 
raising sheep, which was so common in that part of the country at that time. And a hired man who didn't own the sheep would be like that. Let's go on to verse 14. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. We've, we've talked about this already, um, of how well Jesus knows the sheep. And let me just say that he knows you and he knows me. He knows us intimately. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. So he's saying in the same way that the Father knows me and I know the Father, that's how well I know the sheep. And uh, so, boy, if you ever think uh, nobody knows what I'm going through, oh, that's, that's so wrong. If you're a believer in Jesus, he knows exactly what you're going through. He's taken time to get to know you. I think back to that Psalm 139 again. It starts with saying, you have searched me and you know me. And that implies that Jesus has taken the time to get to know us. It's not something that's just an automatic brain thing for him. But he's, he's taken the time to search your life and to know you and to know what you're going through. And then here's this phrase again. I lay down my life for the sheep. Verse 16. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. Let's stop there for just a minute. Probably what Jesus is speaking of here is the Gentiles that will believe in him. Not many had up to this point. Some had, but mostly Jews were the ones that were believing in him because that's who he had spent his time with. But we know And Jesus knew at that time, and certainly the Father knew, that soon the message of Jesus was going to be spread to the entire Gentile world. And they were going to become believers. And Jesus is anticipating this. And he's saying, I have other sheep that are not of the sheep pen. I must bring them also. And they will listen to my voice. And there will be one flock and one shepherd. He's talking about Jews and Gentiles together, blending into one flock and being under one shepherd, and that being Jesus. Let's let's read 17 now. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. There's that phrase. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. And let's stop here for a minute. Uh, This is incredible. And every time I'm made made aware of this, um, it's like learning it for the first time all over again. And that is that Jesus wasn't caught off guard and thus went to the cross. He wasn't outsmarted. He wasn't um, in some way defeated by the enemy and, you know, had to submit to the cross. No, he, he went voluntarily. And everything you read about him leading up to the time of his crucifixion, he knew what he was doing. He knew he was going to Jerusalem to be um, crucified. 
He knew when he was before the Sanhedrin that if he answered some of their questions, he would get out of what he was going through because he had the ability to debate and so much that was, that was thrown against him as evidence was, was false. And so he kept quiet on the things that he could have brought up that would have gotten him free. But on things that he knew would, would condemn him, he confessed to. And so he laid down his life um, of his own accord, voluntarily, for you and for me, for the sheep of his pasture. I'd like for us to uh, consider one other passage, and that is just a little bit later in um, John chapter 10. The setting is different. Uh, Jesus is at a festival. It's the festival of, of dedication. It was the celebration of the time when the uh, Jews um, were able to, to shirk off the rule of um, Antiochus, Epiphanes, and uh, under the Maccabees. Anyway, they celebrate this feast every year. And so um, the Jews who were there gathered around Jesus saying, how long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. Jesus answered, I did tell you, but you did not believe. The works I do in my Father's name testify about me. But you do not believe because you are not my sheep. In other words, faith in Jesus and belonging to him go hand in hand and understanding what he says. It's hard to understand Jesus unless you believe in him. And so believing in him opens up doors. It's so much fun for me to to talk to a new believer because and usually they'll say something like this, the Bible has just come alive to me. Why does it come alive? Because they are a believer now and the Holy Spirit has taken up resonance and he's in, in enabling them to understand things that they never could before. Let's go on. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. So Jesus says, I give them eternal life, and no one will ever snatch them out of my hand. I'm going to come back to that in just a minute. Let's read verse 29. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. And specifically, he's referring to this um, mission of theirs to give eternal life to sheep and to keep them safe. That mission, they're one in that mission. They're both in agreement about that. And um, they're not only one in, in essence, in, in being deity but they're one in purpose. And you see that all through the Gospels. Jesus says so many times, these are not my words, they're my Father's. And I and the Father are one. And, and this is my Father's will. And this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. They were so connected and so one, so unified. But go back to verse 
um, 28 for a minute. He says, I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. I'd like you to consider um, another passage of scripture. And that's John chapter 6, verse 38 and 39. Let's look at that for just a minute. Jesus is speaking here quite a bit earlier. And he's saying, I've come down from heaven, not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me. And by the way, who is the one that sent him? It's the Father, God the Father. This is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of those that he has given me, but raise them up at the last day. So God's will for Jesus was that people would believe in him and that Jesus would not lose any of those that he had given to him. And so when Jesus says, no one's going to snatch him out of my hand, he's saying that because this is God's will. It's not God's will that anyone snatch them out of his hand, but that they be um, secure in his care and in his protection. Now, there was one that allowed that to happen, and that was Judas. And we know that Judas played into the hands of the enemy. And, but Jesus um, makes it his number one priority never to let anyone snatch his sheep out of his hand. It's hard to fall away from Jesus. That's not something that happens easy. No one is going to snatch you out of his hand if you're a follower of Jesus. If you're believing in him and you're trusting in him and you're looking to him, no one's going to snatch you out of his hand. People that allow that to happen are those that consciously move away from God and reject him and move out from under his care. If you're living under his care, you have nothing to fear. I just want to remind you about some things that Jesus said about himself. I wish we had another hour to talk about this because it's so exciting to hear Jesus talk about himself. Here's three things that he said. He said, I have been authorized by the Father to be the shepherd of these sheep. And we can see that even in this last verse that that we read, um, that God has sent certain sheep to Jesus and uh, he is the authorized shepherd. The second thing is that Jesus as shepherd was ratified by the sheep. How was he ratified by them? He proved that he was the true shepherd by the way that they followed him when he spoke and they followed him. And that's still being proven today because we, his sheep, follow him. When we hear his voice, we go where he's going. And then the last thing is that he was proven to be shepherd by his great love for the sheep, particularly in laying down his life. And as we're looking forward to Easter and to Good Friday, 
in this season of Lent. What a great theme to reflect on, that Jesus laid down his life for the sheep. Thank you for being part of this class today. And uh, I hope you'll have many good moments this week um, thinking about Jesus, our good shepherd. God bless you.